Pastor Ruth's away this weekend at YC in Winnipeg. There's about 50 youth that have gone, and I'm sure they're having a great time this morning. But we're also praying that God would give them a great, great, and God has given them a great weekend thus far. This is the seventh message that, that I've shared in this series of pictures of the Holy Spirit. And we looked at oil, we looked at fire. We looked at Dove as pictures to help us in our understanding of how the Holy Spirit desires to move in our church and in our individual lives. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit being a picture as a mighty wind. Take your Bibles with me, and if you have or if you want to follow the screen, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, and I'll, let's stand together as I read Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. The Pentecostal scripture. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit Enabled them. Lord, bless your word this morning. It is quick. It is powerful. It's mighty. It will bring transformation in us. It brings enlightening. God, it helps us in our journey. We treasure the words found in its pages. And I pray, God, it would find a place in every life this morning. Let no person be omitted. A word for everyone. Amen. You may be seated. As I mentioned earlier, this is the Pentecostal Scripture, this defines one of our distinctives as a denomination. If there's a passage that's ours, this could be one of them. This is foundational to our movement. This is central. It's not only a great history record that we read, but this is a present-day experience. As Pentecostals, that's what we believe. This is where we got our name, where Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada came from Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. What happened on the day of Pentecost, when I was going into the ministries and got my credentials, I stood before the, <laughs> the firing squad. They could fire me. This is the district executive. They really weren't that bad, but they wanted to know what I believed about the Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 experience. So Gary, tell us about Acts 2, 1 to 4. It wasn't a passage that they missed. I mean, it's something that every credential holder must speak about and talk about when you come before a district executive, those that are going to issue credentials. What is your beliefs about Acts 2, 1 to 4? And so I shared with them, and two years later, I was back to the same panel, the same executive, because it was time for my ordination. Now it's going to be a reverence. So again, they go back to Acts 2, 1 to 4. Gary, What's, you've been two years now, you've been preaching. What is your beliefs about the baptism and the Holy Spirit? What's your beliefs in Acts 2, 1 to 4? Tell us about his experience in your life. And again, I had to share with them my thoughts, my beliefs in Acts 2, 1 to 4. In fact, if we do not, if I do not believe that there is a, another touch from God after salvation, if I don't believe that the Holy Spirit can do something in your life after salvation, then I would not be pastoring today. In fact, anyone that has credentials with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, they must, they must 
understand and agree with the fact that once you're saved, that's not the end. After you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes in you, and he begins to blossom and grow. He wants to fill you and give you another experience that will empower you to do the work of the ministry. And so I was glad for me that I could stand, uh, sit there and share with him, I believe it, I agree with it, and all these years I've been preaching it. Now, I've had that experience with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I'll go say wind and firepower, came upon me within me and in me in January, or sorry, July 1975 at camp. It transformed my life. I'll never forget the change. The first thing it did, you may want to say, what kind of changes? Number one, it enabled me to live a consistent Christian life. It just gave me that power to be consistent. Secondly, it, he empowered me to preach the word when by nature it's probably the, the furthest thing from my mind that I feel comfortable doing. I shared with you before that by nature I'm introverted, by nature I'm shy. I take after my mother by nature. She's very, very shy and introverted. And, and when I go home and kiss her, she looks the other way. Okay, Gary, you know. She just, that's the way, well, I love her and she loves me. It's just that's the way God made her. By nature, that's the way I am. But... That may be what I am and who I am by nature, but I take after God's great potential for me when the Holy Spirit empowers me. And God gives me that ability to do what he's called me to do. I'm not only a new creature at salvation, but I become useful to the kingdom of God when the Holy Spirit comes down upon me and in me and fills me with his power. We're not just saved to sit. But God says, I save you and I fill you because I want to use you. I want to help. I want you to advance the kingdom of God. And in order for you to advance the kingdom of God, I've got to give you power because I know that you can't do it on your own. In fact, it's a good place to be to realize you can't do it on your own because God can't use people that are filled with pride. But people that are humble and say, I can't do it. Then when God says, okay, that's a great place for you to be. Now I'm going to empower you. You're going to do things that would astound yourself. Because of the Holy Spirit that wants to work within us. Do you think it's my nature to, to enable me to go to the fair this spring in March and, and to work at the booth at the Fellowship of Christian Farmers and share the beads ministry? And No, it's not my natural nature. My natural nature would say, no, you can't do it, Gary. You're shy. You just can't talk to people about Jesus. That's my na nature. Sometimes you need to speak it out and share it. But, but when I... Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, which I try to daily say, God, I can't do this on my own. My nature would say, no, God says, I'm going to give you a supernatural nature. God says, because of the power that will flow through you, I can use you. And even Dave says, he says, I, I get a little nervous every year. It's a good place to be because you recognize you can't do it on your own. But then when the Spirit of God comes upon you, enables you, you get so excited because you're now being useful to the kingdom. We're not just sitting Somewhere warming a pew, but we're getting out there doing what God has called us to do. And he'll give us the power to do it. Last week, I said that Jesus told his disciples that he was sending them out like sheep among wolves. In Matthew, Matthew 10, verse 16, in other words, this is not going to be like a vacation to Florida and Disney World, Disneyland and Anaheim. This is not going to be like some pumped up uh, feel good uh, church conference you're going to, although you will have the feel good touchy times. You will you experience my signs and wonders and miracles that will astound you. And, and, and but but he said, it's going to be difficult days, too. I'm sending you out to a rough world. They won't like you. They'll persecute you. They'll talk about you. 
They'll try to keep you back. They'll put you in jail. They'll do all kinds of things against you because they will not be happy with what you have to share with your message. I'm sending you out, though. No wonder he told them in Acts chapter 1 to go and have a prayer meeting first. No wonder he told them in Acts chapter 1 to go and, and, and wait for the promise. I'll send him to you. Now go and wait. Don't be in a rush. No wonder he told them, put your hunger for the Holy Spirit on display. No wonder he told them, don't go out until he comes in. No wonder those were the last words he said. Last words are important words that we hear from somebody. His last words were, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Important words. Without him, you can't survive. Without him, you'll get beat up. You need the power, and I'll send him to you. In other words, don't go out naked. Go out clothed, protected, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why just hang on to survive when God says you can actually thrive? When I enable you with the assistance of my spirit. I met her last Sunday morning. Back here by this door. Her name is Karen. And as tears began to flow down her face, she shared with me how the Holy Spirit had touched her life. She's staying at Emil and Terry's home, and she said the Saturday before that, she's staying there, and she said, I saw what they had, and I wanted what they have. And so they prayed for me on Saturday morning, and, and the Holy Spirit of God filled me. A heavenly language flowed through my lips. And she just weeping as she shared how the Holy Spirit touched her. Filled her with power, filled her with might. She said, I just have a, such a tremendous urge right now to tell everyone what God has done. That's the purpose of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I just want to tell everyone the good news of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit. Now, there are many, many important details that, that we could bring out from Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. Unity is one of them. Great one. Another one is suddenly. The suddenlies of God. Another great Detail that we could speak about. How about the fire that separated? To me, as I read that, it signifies his individual moving upon lives. I'm not like you. You're not like me. God uses us in a unique way. That's a good subject matter to deal with here as well. How about the fuel of the Holy Spirit? How about the unlearned tongues? How about the heavenly language? All great. There's a great Holy Spirit package deal here. And the great news is the Bible says it's for every believer. Everyone. With no exceptions. You have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. All we've got to do is simply ask for the power of God's Holy Spirit. Ask Him to come down upon us. Ask just like they did in Acts chapter 2. And God says, according to my word, I will fill you. That's His promise. His blessing. I want to bring out one of those important details. And wind is the one I want to speak about this morning. As a picture of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and verse 2 says it was a violent wind. When we hear the words violent wind, we may get a, a picture in our mind uh, that disturbs us. We get the thoughts maybe of tornadoes. This does not mean a fearfully terrifying wind like that. Doesn't mean that at all. Where you run for cover and get away from the, the wind because it's going to be destructive. That's not what violent wind means here. However, it does mean that it was powerful and it's strong. But I like how the King James Version puts it in Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, a rushing mighty wind. A rushing mighty wind. You run into this wind. And you embrace this wind. You embrace what he's doing instead of running away. 
a rushing mighty wind. You pop up your sails and you say, I want to catch this wind. I want to go where this wind is blowing me. I just want to catch it. Just like when I was young and I used to make my own box kites. They're huge. Put them together and I wait for the wind. And when the wind would begin to blow, I'd run for my kite. I would put it in the air and the way it would go, it would catch the wind. And up, 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 the box kite would go. This is the kind of wind we're speaking about this morning. The embracing wind. Not the negative wind, but it's a very, very positive wind. And when you understand the Holy Spirit, as I've been sharing with you lately through these pictures, you understand he's not out to harm you. The Holy Spirit's not out to harm you, but the Holy Spirit is there to assist us, to help us. He's just like your very, very best friend. He has your best interests at heart. He knows where you're living. He knows what you have to face. He knows the tough world that we're in. He knows that many people need to know Jesus. And so he wants to empower you. He wants to engulf you. He wants to use you to go out and do great, exceptional, and exploits for the Lord. Far from a negative wind. Jesus said in John 14, he said, I'm going to send him to you. Great promise. I'll send him to you. And he's going to be with you always. He's going to be in you. John 14, Jesus said. He's going to give you great counsel. He's going to be your comfort. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to bring to your mind all the great lessons I have taught you. He's going to bring them together and bring them up to light just at the right time. No wonder he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I believe twice, maybe three, but at least twice in John 14, he says, don't do not let your hearts be troubled. John 14, one. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he says later on, don't let don't be troubled. No wonder, because he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to be so troubled about going into this tough and difficult World, it's going to be a positive wind that you will experience, embrace it. My prayer for you and prayer for us as a church in this picture preaching series is that we have been developing a spiritual appetite. It's been developing a spiritual appetite within you, that it has been developing a craving within you that's been developing a hunger for more, more, more of God and for a Pentecostal experience. Peter said in Acts 2.39, the experience has your name on it. It's for you. The experience has your name on it. We thank the Lord for that. Now, there are 18 different names given to the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. 39 names are given to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. In the New Testament, there are some 250 references given to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit. But how many references? That's how many references are given to the Holy Spirit. He, he is to have a prominent place in our church, in our mind, in our lives day by day. The Holy Spirit. And he wants us to understand the role he plays. And if he has an important place and role in your life, in your heart, he'll have an important place in our church. And if he has an important role and place in our church, we're going to be a church that's going to have an exciting and powerful journey ahead of us. It's it's going to continue to be all that God wants us to be as a church. There's going to be greater exploits the church is going to be involved in in the days ahead. Why? Because we are sensitive 
to the Holy Spirit. We desire the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit because we know we need what he has. For the church to move on. <coughs> to do exceptional things. Mighty wind. A picture of the Holy Spirit. No one really sees the wind itself. But we all see the effects of wind. As a young boy, I remember traveling in the car with my family, heading off on vacation back then. Dad's 1966 Plymouth Belvedere 1 didn't have air conditioning. Dad's 1973 Chev Biscayne 2, I believe it was, or 1. It was yellow. It had no air conditioning. And whenever we'd go on our vacations and there's no air except for the hot air when the windows are down. And blowing. Now remember as we're traveling down the highway, the windows down, I'd put my hand outside the window and I'd watch the effects of wind on my hands, on my cups of my hand. I'd see the impression. I'd see it. And then sometimes if I'm in the front of the car, I'd stick my head out the passenger side and I'd watch the effects of wind in my face. It wouldn't mess up my hair. It's just too thick. Nothing could mess up my hair. But I remember what the, the, the effects when I looked in that mirror on my face. If I did it now, it would just smooth out those wrinkles and I look so much younger. But I remember the effects of wind. Maybe you've done the same thing when you were young. The effects. Mighty wind. Mighty wind. We can't see the wind. But we can sure see the effects of it. You've probably seen these in department stores. We can always see the effects of wind. Of wind. On a windy day, gaze across a body of water and you'll see the effects of wind. Looking across the ocean, we can see the effects of wind. If you were to gaze across a prairie wheat field just before harvest, you'd see the effects of wind. On a windy day, gaze at a forest and, and catch and watch the limbs of trees. And you see the effects of wind. You can't see the wind, but you see what the wind is doing. When I was home many years ago, my mother said, I, I want a clothesline. I just moved into this home, and there, there's no clothesline here. And, and, and she always liked to have a clothesline. Back in Nova Scotia, they all have clotheslines. Go for a trip around the countryside, you'll see clotheslines everywhere. So I said, Mom, I'll put up a clothesline for you. So she had a, a deck that was attached to her house, and I put a four-by-four, four, bolted it to the house, and a little bit taller, put the wheel on there, and then I looked, and I said, I don't need to put a post in the ground. There's all kinds of trees around here. I'll just pick a tree. Because I like things that are sturdy, I picked the biggest tree I could find. And the tallest. So I bolted the other side. I said, okay, Mom, now you've got a nice clothesline. Well, then I left and came back out west, and then my mother called me a bit later on. She said, Gary, nice clothesline you built, but there was a windstorm the night before, last night. The wind blew so hard, did you know that when the wind blows, the trees move? Oh, yeah, she said, it pulled the deck from the house and the four-by-four. <laughs> now there's a big gap. So then we had my brother-in-law, he just got a saw, and he went up, climbed got to the top or top of where the attachment was to the tree and cut the top off and dropped it. And probably thinking, oh, Gary, Gary, Gary. Ah, that Nova Scotian, he's still one of us. He's still one of us. But we can't see the wind, but we see the effects 
as water, trees, wheat fields, as they yield to the power of the wind. See, the wind is the dictator. The wind is the leader. The wind is the force. The wind is the director. The wind is the heavenly persuader. Now, I want you to take notice for a moment of your breathing, something that we sometimes don't give a lot of consideration to, our breathing. As you breathe, there is movement of air. And I'll tell you why it's mighty. It's mighty because it's the breath, the very breath of God. He enables you to breathe. There's no life without air movement. You stop breathing, you stop living. And that's mighty. And then you can look at your stomach as well or your frame as you, you breathe in. Your stomach responds, your body responds. Your body is responding, your body is yielding to the breath of life. The air intake, the air that you expel, your body is yielding to the effects of wind. All made possible by the Lord. Now I want to take you to Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And this really caught my attention again this week as I looked at this passage. The passage, as I mentioned to you, is the, the Pentecostal scripture. And so I read it again over and over and over. God, I said, this is not new to me, but I want to see something new. I take you to Acts 2 and verse 4 where the disciples are in the upper room. And they're praying. They're calling upon the Lord. They're, they're, they're inviting the promise that Jesus spoke about. They're inviting the promise to, to minister to them and that they would be filled just as Jesus said they would. And so they are filled. Verse 5. I say verse 4. It says they're together. But something happens as you go to verse 5 and 6 and the following verses. They're not in the upper room any longer. Between verse 4 and verse 5, there's a transition Now, they must be out in the street. They have to be out in the street. The reason I say that is because there are people now involved that are not of like mind. There are people now that are saying, what on earth is going on? There are people that are saying, what does this mean? Are these guys all drunk and Peter pipes up? No, no, it's just nine o'clock in the morning. No one gets drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. But understand these people, these languages, something's happening where now connecting with people not of like mind. I know what happened. At least I think I know what happened. The wind of the Holy Spirit blew them out into the street. When we ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us, it's not just for me. It's not just for you. But the Spirit of God fills us for a purpose, for a reason. And so we read now these disciples have been, as they yielded to the Holy Spirit, they're now Forced out into the streets. They yielded to his leading and direction. And they continued. And I began to say, okay, I know this has happened. And I'm going to chase this through the rest of the Bible. And the book of Acts, I mean. I'm going to go through there and and document some areas where they yielded to the, the wind of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. There are many, many accounts. Let me mention a few to you. It was an exciting journey for me last week as I studied this. But the Holy Spirit after that, Acts chapter 3, the Holy Spirit wind blew and Peter and John are praying for that lame man that we read about there sitting by the gate called Beautiful. And this lame man is healed by the power of God. And to go into Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit again began to blow. And listen, these disciples, they just continued to be led and yielded to the wind. So Acts chapter 4 
Peter told the elders and rulers and teachers of the law about Jesus. And, and then he said, there's no other name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. There is no other way. You've got to have Jesus in your life. The Holy Spirit empowered him to say those words. He was bold. And then the Holy Spirit began, continued to blow in Acts chapter 6. And Stephen, it says, full of God's grace and filled with God's power, was directed here and there. And he did great wonders and miracles. Opposition arose. Here's what it says. But they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit. They could not confound him. They could not stump him. Why? Because the spirit of God was in him and empowering him and bringing to his mind the things that Jesus has taught him. And he shared those and they were confounded. They couldn't stand up against his wisdom. Or the spirit of God that was evident within. He just simply blew them away. Now we continue Acts chapter 7. The wind of the Holy Spirit is still blowing. Now Stephen faces some opposition again. And the word of God says full of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But he was being stoned to death. By opposition. And as his life is fading away from his body. Full of the Holy Spirit. The wind of the Holy Spirit directed him to look up. And when he looked up, he saw God. He saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And then he went home to be with Jesus. The Holy Spirit wind continued to blow in Acts chapter 13. In the church in Antioch. Barnabas and Paul yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he sent them into the ministry. Told them exactly where they should go. Oh, the Holy Spirit blew in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. And Paul and his companions, they received specific instructions again from the Spirit. Don't go to Asia. Don't go to Bithynia. Don't go to this place. But I want you to go to Macedonia. And when you go to Macedonia, it's very clear. I want you to preach the word of God. So they went there and they preached. And the Bible says many came to faith. They were just being obedient to the Spirit of God as he blew them. And they yielded as he directed them. And he wanted them to go here, wanted them to go there. And as they went, many things happened that gave glory to the kingdom of God and expanded his work. They just yielded to his direction. Acts chapter 19, the Holy Spirit, wind blew and Paul was directed to some disciples in Ephesus. And he just went there because the Spirit of God says, this is where I want you to go. He laid his hands upon those that were Christians there, disciples, he prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in an unknown tongue. They began to prophesy. They began to exhort. The Scripture says that from there Paul began to preach, and it says boldly. He preached there boldly for three months in the synagogue. Oh, the Holy Spirit was empowering him. The wind of the Spirit was leading him. You see, the wind of the Holy Spirit was always blowing in the book of Acts. You can chart it, trace it all the way through. Acts chapter 2, he came down, he didn't stop. People just kept being receptive. Disciples said, okay, I want the wind. I'm just going to catch the drift. I'm going to go where it's sending me. And great things were done. It was not just for a localized upper room experience. If that's all we think that the Holy Spirit has come for, we've got it wrong. You'll just have enough to blow you up on the spot. But God says, I want to engulf you and empower you because there's a purpose here and it's a Missional, there it is, missional purpose. There's a missional purpose involved in this. 
Always moving in the book of Acts. Like a prairie wind that would never cease to blow. And then I note something else here about the book of Acts. It doesn't end. You've heard it before. Acts 28, 31. Here's what we read. The very last verse of Acts chapter 28 says boldly. I like the word boldly again. You know, it's the wind of the spirit <coughs> that's enabling them. Boldly and without hindrance, Paul preached the gospel, the kingdom of God, and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you see a period at the end of that word, but it really is no ending. That doesn't really, that's not your typical ending. That just means you take a breath, where's the rest? Yeah, we are the rest. It ends that way for a purpose, because we're to pick up from that, and we are the present day book of Acts. We are the ones that are to be, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God for a purpose. Not just we may come to church on Sunday and have an experience in the pew or have an experience at the altar, but that we may have an experience from here into the world. That there's a purpose. Now, God says, I feel you. Now, overflow. I feel you now. I blow upon you in here, but I'm going to blow you out into the streets. And now you're going to be effective. And now you're going to be led by my power because I want you to do great and exceptional exploits for the kingdom. Aren't you grateful that God has a plan for us? Plan for a church? That's why I love the church. Because the church is never to remain the same. I've said before, our church is changing. It is changing. Our church is on a journey. Our church is being processed day by day by God. The church is not to be stagnant. The church is not to be still. The church is not to be without movement. But the church is always designed and built to grow, to grow, to grow. And a healthy church will always be growing. A healthy church will be a body of Christ that's dependent upon the Holy Spirit for empowerment. A healthy church will be a church that will go out into its neighborhood and say, because I believe in the power of God, because I've experienced the Holy Spirit, I'm going to share my faith and many are going to come to faith in Jesus. How's God going to use you? He will use you. He will use you. Oh, Jesus said in John 3 and verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh. But spirit gives birth to spirit. You get natural and you get supernatural happenings. Chapter 3, verse 8 of John, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. You can't tell where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. You never know where God's going to lead you this week, but you can be sure he'll lead you. Just never know. And that's what makes our journey so exciting. The Holy Spirit is so much more than a language. So much more than us saying, well, I, I received a gift of tongues. So much more than making a declaration like that. The Holy Spirit is a Missional movement. The Holy Spirit is wind that blows us out into the world. The Holy Spirit has a purpose for us. And I love it when we can discover what the purpose is and walk in those steps. That's my desire and my prayer for you as a church and us as a congregation. Listen for the wind, whether it's in church this morning, or whether it's in your prayer closet, whether it's driving in your car, whispering a prayer to the Lord, 
Listen for the wind. Secondly, yield to the wind. Be affected by the wind. Thirdly, be excited about what God is going to do through you. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Worship team, you can come. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, Lord, we want to stand before you this afternoon and declare that we are weak in ourselves. And Lord, I'm just sensing there are some that are here this morning that are only focused on their weaknesses. Always focusing upon what they can't do for Jesus. But Lord, you're speaking to them this morning saying, but here is what you can do for me. All you need to do is Acts chapter 2. Exactly what I said to the disciples. I say to you, open up and let me come in in a greater measure. Let the Spirit of God come into your life. Let Him move you. Let Him shape you. Let Him engulf you. Let His fire come down upon you. And then feel the wind. Let the wind push you. Let the wind direct you. You will not be weak any longer. For then, my son, you will be strong. You will do things that you only read about. You will do things that previous you've only heard about through other stories. But I'm about to give you your own story. sing a song then I'm going to close in prayer but if you would like someone to minister to you pray with you we want to make that time available if God is speaking to your life and you say I just need some assistance here I need someone to surround me and support me in prayer then just make your way to the front as we sing following that I'll dismiss it
God, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. We're all on this journey together. We never stop learning. We never stop experiencing all that you have for us. But God, I pray that as we leave this sanctuary today, that we go now out and consider ourselves to be blown out of the church in a good way. (laughs) Blown by the Holy Spirit. And that we're going to yield to the wind of the Spirit of God in our lives every day. I pray, God, for testimonies that will come back next Sunday of how we share Jesus as the Holy Spirit urged us. I pray, God, for a sensitivity of God's people today. We, we would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And I give you praise, God, because of how you want to use us. Thank you, Lord. In your name we ask, through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May the Lord.